Welcome back, everybody, to Ideas Digest, the podcast where we take 30, 40, hey, maybe even 50 minutes to put aside the disagreement and see the world from another perspective. So if you've clicked on this because you've been intrigued by the clickbait, I'm hoping it's because you disagree or find something offensive about it. Hold that rage just for a second or that outrage and let's find out a little bit more about this idea. So I'm joined by my, well, let's say now co-host, Cam. Yep, back again. (laughs) And we have a guest today, another guest. His name is Matt. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. He's in the comfy, comfy chair in the corner of of, of my, uh, my fun room, my fun guy room. Now, Matt. Let's just clickbait this as hard as possible. You enjoy killing things. Yeah, I, I absolutely do. But when you phrase it like that, it makes it sound absolutely terrible because <laughs> it, anyone who's never actually gone hunting cannot really understand the, the idea of enjoying the, the hunt. Because so, it's very easy to put it in those words that, yeah, I go out and I shoot things and then they're dead. Sim- uh, well, that's what we're here to pull apart. So that's that's fine. So maybe explain, maybe pull that part for us a little bit. Like, um, so you enjoy killing things, or you kill things for fun. Pull that apart. Take it out of clickbait for us. Yeah, you can you can put in now qualifiers. You're clearly a hunter. You get some level of enjoyment out of it. Oh, now no clickbait. Go for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's as I said, it's quite hard to explain unless you've actually been hunting. But you. To say you enjoy killing is not really probably the right way of saying it. It's more you enjoy the hunt, the the pursuit of, nearly the pursuit of excellence that you have to be to actually even be able to see a deer, let alone get a shot off on it. Uh, it's actually really hard because you got to think, a deer's got super hearing, super smell, can run like no tomorrow, and the only area that we've got better than them is eyesight. So... I mean, we're pretty much stuffed, so it, it's... So we're the, way better at reading. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 Suck on that, Well, see, there, there you go. We can pass the information down generations on how to hunt better. Yeah, yes. <laughs> okay, so it's the challenge. That's what I'm hearing. You enjoy the challenge. It's the challenge, the connected to nature and just being able to see animals in their natural habitat, which I don't think many people actually get to see. Like, seeing an animal that doesn't know that you're there and you being the quiet observer is an amazing experience. Hmm. So before we go any further in this, because I want to delve into it, what exactly is enjoyable about it? You know, throw some ethical questions your way to see how it all maps. But before we get there, I want to find out more about you. Where do you grow up? How old are you? What do you do for work? Tell well, me about I, it. I grew up in Lourdes, so where we are at the minute. Um, uh, I, I'm a plumber, but I do civil pipeline nowadays. So I lay all the sewer mains for new road constructions and stuff like that. And yeah, that, I'm 28, so I started off hunting when I was about, oh, when I was 18, when I was old enough to go get my gun license because no one else in my family hunts, so I'm fully self-taught and... YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no YouTube, just a lot of slogging in the bush with no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, awesome, awesome. Are you religious at all? Religious background? Uh, no, I am not. No religious background? No, nah, none at all. So your parents aren't Christian or anything nah. like that and you've continued that trend? Yes. You would say you're an atheist or don't really think about it? Um, don't really think about it. I'd say, if anything, I'm probably agnostic would probably yep. be the right world. Like there's, yep. there's a lot of higher power stuff going on that you, know, you can feel like you tap into if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Nothing yeah. formal. 
Yeah, that's it. I, I haven't seen anything to prove it. I haven't seen anything to disprove it yet. So, <laughs> so you're, you're firmly in the middle. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm sitting happily on this fence. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, and tell me a bit about your family as you grew up. What kind of stuff were you into? Um, oh, I think I had a fairly normal childhood. Like me, I got one brother, normal parents. So dad worked a lot when I was young. What did dad do? He is a, in, a businessman for an international company. So okay. he was away a lot when we were growing up, but... Um, only in the really younger years when we got a little bit older, like in the teens, like, you know, 12, 12, he was probably around a lot more, so. Okay. Private school, public school? Public school. Okay. What was that like? It was, it was all right. I'm no- curious I didn't go it, to one. It was a, it was a normal. School wasn't that great, was it? Let's face it. Hey, well, I only made it to year nine, so <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't have been that good. So you left in year nine and started your trade? Yeah, left at year nine. My parents said, if you want to leave school, you got to go straight into a trade. So I yeah. uh, had a plumbing apprenticeship lined up and went straight into plumbing. But saying that, I was a very good student when I was there. And all my report cards said, Matthew would excel if he applied himself. <laughs> so obviously school just was not for me. <laughs> As a teacher, yeah, that's a that's a good. I don't know, just whatever. He could do well. Yeah. <laughs> Stop talking. Oh, see, now you just ruined my ego. <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble yeah. at twenty eight, but <laughs> to be oh. honest, the teacher was like, "Matt, oh, I guess he's fine. Oh, not doing. Yeah, he's all right. Just <laughs> they're just trying to get comments done." Yeah. <laughs> so, tell me about the first time you went hunting. What made you want to go hunting? Well, probably never being around guns and stuff like that, and always growing up. And just the idea of shooting a gun was really intriguing. So I decided to go get a gun license and buy a gun. So then I did that and I said, well, now I've got a gun, so I've got to do something with it. <laughs> and um, yeah, just the idea of shooting deer. I always appreciated deer as an animal, like they're a majestic animal. And it, Why not kill it? Yeah, why not have a go at having a crack <laughs> at killing it? So uh, yeah, I would say it's the biggest hobby. It's the hobby I put the most amount of money and time into because time is at a is a really finite resource for me with the amount I work and stuff. So, you know, I do get to go overseas for two weeks every year hunting, which I don't really... Where do you you go? I go to New Caledonia. What do you hunt? Rooster deer. Rooster deer? Rooster deer, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know there was rooster deer in existence. (laughs) Rooster. Oh, yeah. There we go. (laughs) Not rooster. Clearly, I'm a hunter. (laughs) Clearly, I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, So, you were saying, you're saying that you enjoy being in nature. Yeah, absolutely. You enjoy the challenge. The deer, as you said, is a majestic animal. Why kill it? Because it's made of tasty meat. <laughs> so to eat it, is that the only... Yeah, ab- absolutely. Like if, if you're going to kill an animal, you've got to use the whole thing. You've got to appreciate everything that the animal's given up for you. You've you, you got to eat it like... The idea of shooting an animal and cutting its head off is just disgusting just to put up on your wall. Like I have shot trophy stags before but the whole animal gets utilized so because a trophy stag um they've got a little bit of a taint to the meat they've actually got a a little bit of a not a foul taste but you can tell you're eating a male animal um so so you don't want to eat the males you want to eat the females no no well you you generally if, if you're shooting an animal purely just to eat then yes but if you're shooting an animal like so you go over i go to new caledonia as i said I'm paying a lot of money to go over there and spend two weeks there hunting. I want to be able to try and shoot a trophy animal. Do you bring your guns with you? Uh, no, guns over there are supplied as part of the, okay. the deal. Because I actually go over there and see a friend. I've got a friend okay. who lives over there. It's not a um, package hunt. Yeah. So it's it's a fully free-range hunt over there. But 
um, that they, they use the the male deer meat and they turn it into salami and they use that for stewing and stuff like that, like your longer cooking, your longer cooking things and things where you're going to have a more robust flavor with it. Where if you just took it and fried it as a steak, it would still be palatable, but you'd go, there's there's something not quite right here, like a yeah, bit right. of bitterness maybe. So what I'm hearing is that you you hunt for the enjoyment of the chase and then you're conscious and aware of what you're doing with the animal once you've killed it. Yeah, that, yeah? A- absolutely. And, and there's there's something to be said in nature and being an active part of the food chain and actually knowing where your meat comes from and understanding the that that animal has survived for eight, nine years before it's encountered you and the fact that you, you're the one who gets to harvest it. You know, it, it's an absolute... You know, it's an absolute athlete of an animal that's to to have survived that long, and then to have actually had the opportunity to kill it and enjoy and enjoy no not enjoy killing it but enjoy eating it and take that meat home and share it with your your partner or your family or whatever you do use it to sustain your life. Yeah. So you you said that I want to tease out like you said enjoy it but not killing it. So it's I just want to tease out that idea. Like is it like when does it cease being enjoyable for you in in that like talk me through a hunt like what what's the process that you go through and when 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 does the enjoyment cease and like is there what's the next emotion is it like a relief or a yeah just talk us through so the hunt you've basically so the way the way I do is I do a lot of spot and stalk hunting which is you'll go up to the highest point of an area where you you think a deer might be. So obviously you take an educated guess. There's a lot of factors to consider where the deer actually might be because you got to think they've got hundreds and thousands of acres of where they could potentially be. So you go, right, this has got you know a water source, it's got a good feed, the sun's in the right spot because the deer in Australia are actually from... Uh, oh, sorry, samba deer are from India. So they cannot handle the cold. So they have to be on a northeast-facing front in the mornings or they'll freeze to death. So they actually need to use their panel, their body like a solar panel. So you've got all these factors you've got to consider. So you'll climb the highest ridge and then you'll sit there. You're going to get there before before sunlight because they're active most um, dusk and dawn. And then you'll sit there and hopefully, if you watch the game trails correct, which is the, the path they've cut through the bush, you'll see a couple of deer moving through. And then, all right, you go, all right, this is where they are. I think they're going to bed down here because they'll generally bed down for the next couple of hours. And then you'll actually start moving to get yourself into a, an ethical shooting position from where... What do you where, mean ethical? Well, somewhere where you're comfortable enough taking the shot from to actually be able to achieve a kill that'll kill them instantly. So why, why does that matter? Well, it, first of all, you never want the animal to suffer. And second of all to get down to basics like if an animal gets shot and wounded and goes for a run the basically the meat gets ruined yeah you don't want to waste yeah you don't you don't want to waste an, an inch off that animal so you know you, you get yourself within and everyone's ethical shooting range is different there's people who are excellent shots and can shoot from a k away and i'm nowhere near that good of a shot so i could only shoot from about 300 meters and even then um that would be the the first i'd be comfortable taking a shot from and I actually, my binoculars that I use for hunting have a built-in rangefinder, which will tell me how far away the animal is. So I, I will never make the mistake of undershooting or overshooting, because you have to make allowance for the drop in the bullet when you take the shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's, it's very it sounds like a very skillful art, really, 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's very skillful. It's very technical, and to actually be good at it, and to be actually be even to be able to see a deer, let alone take a shot at it, you need to have a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience. So mm. there's a reason why twenty percent of the hunters shoot eighty percent of the deer. Mm. So yeah. the problem that people have with it then, everyone is fine with the skill, the stalk, the hunt. What changes when you do everything you just said? find the right area, get the right area, move in the right directions. You get within that ethical shooting range. What changes if you pull up a camera and shoot? What changes about that whole scenario? Well, you don't get the meat. <laughs> but then you could go past Macca's and you get a nice steak. <laughs> like what changes about the whole thing when that happens? Well, I'd much rather eat an animal that's lived free range its whole life, has maybe only ever had one or two interactions with humans, than an animal that's been factory farmed. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll go a bit into the rabbit hole. I you're obviously not a vegetarian. No. I what kind of meat do you consume? You you said you're not a fan of factory farm, but do you eat McDonald's or like fast food meat? Uh, no, I do not. Where I can oh. avoid it. Okay. Wait. Okay. So. When you go into Coles, what's the kind of... I don't buy meat from Coles. Oh, I only buy it okay. from my butcher who I know sources it from free range. Oh, farms. okay. All right. Okay. Bit of consistency is there. Okay, good. I was, was going to get him on that one. Um, okay. Okay. So, so what does change when you don't get the meat? Like you still get the hunt, you still get the thrill... Um, you mi- well, you miss out on a little bit of the, the gratification, but then just... The so there is something that comes with killing it. Yeah, there is something that comes with killing it. And it's definitely not pure enjoyment. It's gratification. It's sadness. It's joy. Like, um, I've got a video on the on the computer. The first rooster deer I ever shot in New Caledonia, my hands were like that after I shot it. Like, I was... Full, sh- to full shaking, because there's no okay. shaking. Yeah, yeah, no yeah shaking. My, my hands are shaking quite um, well, that, a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, just going one step back, like, because you say that you're doing it for the meat, like, how much, how much meat do you get out? Like, how long will it would a, I don't know, like a standard size samba deer last you, for example? Uh, I mean, it's that's, that's a hard question because it depends on your portion size and everything like that. They say you. Oh, probably a month and a half, maybe a little bit longer. So, because they're, they're quite a big animal, like a good size samba deer, you'll get a couple, probably two two fifty kilos of meat off that. Mm-hmm. So, they're, they're they're a very large animal. What 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 do you say to the argument that is, it's it's not necessary to yeah. kill the animal? What it's, would you say to that? It's probably not, but as far as you go with getting your meat, like closing your eyes and imagining that your meat comes prepackaged in the supermarket, mm-hmm. it's you're still as culpable, right? Is that what you're saying? You're nearly more culpable, right? Because it, like those animals who are factory farmed, have had more suffering than ab- your bullet. In ab- it. Absolutely, you think yeah. any hunter's goal is to kill their animal instantly. Yeah. So, like, no hunter ever wants to shoot an animal and lose it, or shoot an animal and wound it, so it suffers for the next half an hour before it expires. So you would say then that part of the enjoyment in inverted commas that you get out of it is 
right up to even the way that the animal dies. And so oh, you're saying, a- a- absolutely. Yeah. If like, and I have wounded deer before. Like I'm not going to say here and say I've never wounded a deer before that's gone. You know, a couple of hundred meters and then probably died in te- ten minutes after I shot it. You feel sick to your core when a deer after you've shot gets up and goes. You feel the the, the feeling's nearly undescribable. But it is. You feel repulsed by yourself that you've allowed this to happen and everything. Like it's. It, it, yeah, it's it's not on. No one ever wants to see that happen. So, where are you aiming on the deer to get an instant kill? Like, what's where do you what, like? What do you have to do? Do you heart, head? What it, is it? It depends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, so if you're shooting, if you if you've decided that you're going to take a stag, you you wouldn't shoot it in the head because it's got its antlers, so you're going to damage the antlers, which is another. Another valuable thing you can take off the animal. For a stag, you'd either aim to shoot it on the, the top of the back of the neck or you'd aim to shoot it um, through the shoulder blade, which shatters its shoulder blade into its lung and, and hearts, which kills it within seconds. So it kills it before it knows what's actually happening. If you shoot it in the back of the neck, it's dead the second the, second the bullet hits it. There's not enough time for any, anything to happen pain-wise. So just channeling my vegan activist within me... <laughs> Yeah. I've watched a few YouTube videos. I know what they say. <laughs> they would say something like this. A well-articulated one. I'm going with the best ones I've seen. Yeah. I've seen some... Anyway, we'll we'll get one on and talk to them. But <laughs> but here's probably the best argument I've heard. So just respond to this. They would say, you don't need to kill the animal. So why... They would say this to anyone who eats meat. They would say, because it's not necessary, therefore... Why is it necessary for that animal to die? Because th- there's the argument where it's like, hey, I'm on the island. I've got nothing to eat. I'm going to kill the animal. Okay, well, I guess you have to. So they would say, us in our context, we can be vegetarian. We can eat plants and stuff like that. We don't have to kill. So why do it? Well, th- that's a very interesting question. But I mean, the reason why I do is because I choose to do it and I really enjoy the thrill of the hunt and everything like that and the appreciation you get from actually having an animal give its life to sustain you that you yourself have have killed. So you think these vegans and vegetarians are missing out on something? Because you're describing an experience that they can never have. I I don't think they're missing out on anything. Everyone's allowed their own life choices but for someone to say their life choice is somehow better than another person's life choice is, is not on in my book. And like, there's a big argument to be made that pure veganism is not very good for the environment and not very good for <clears throat> a lot of small animals because monocropping is one of the most environmentally impactful things that you can do. Like having a large monocrop field, like the, the indiscriminate death that happens at the head of a combine harvester when you're harvesting your soy crop or your wheat crop is unbelievable. So is a smaller mammal's life more valuable well, they would say, than a deer's life? And I don't want to go into this, but they I do know this. I've watched enough vegans on YouTube. They would say that that would come as necessary. That's why I kind of wanted to qualify it with necessary death because it's like I'm choosing the least impact. I'm still killing microbiome. I'm still killing bacteria, animals every time I choose to live, but it's it's the qualifier of necessity. That's, I think, the qualifier they would have for that whole argument to say, listen, I've got to eat something, man. <laughs> you can't necessarily, like, you can't value one animal's life more than another. Like, an, an animal's an animal, and they all deserve the same amount of respect, whether it be a dog, a cow, a cat, a rat, a snake. Great segue. Would you hunt and kill a dog? 
I have shot dogs before, yes. Would you hunt one for fun? Probably not. Why not? Because you get worms from eating dog meat. <laughs> if you didn't, if dog meat was good and there were dogs out there to hunt, would you have a problem with that? Um, look, I, that's a very hard question. Look, I, I don't, Obviously, that's I, not a real thing, but if yeah, it no, was... I, I, I don't think I would have a problem with that. Look, okay, I have okay. shot feral dogs before and like yeah. I've got two dogs and I absolutely love dogs. I adore yeah. dogs, but I have shot feral dogs before especially yeah. in New Caledonia yeah. where they become a nuisance and they start killing wild deer start killing yeah. everything so what about then um, what about because there's a big market like you go to New Cal for um, hunting what about like big game like you know the big five over in Africa where you can go and pay $50,000 and shoot yourself a lion is that something that you what, know? what's your opinion on Cecil the lion and the dentist <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if everyone remembers that quick recap <laughs> Loaded Look. dentist, went over, shot a beloved old lion. Uh, he got backlash, dis- backlash <laughs> big time. Yeah. Look, um, I myself would never go trophy hunting in Africa. But that's a, it's a very stiff, sticky subject that you bring up because mm. the thing is, it's all well and good for us sitting over here in Australia to say, oh, no one should ever shoot these animals. A lot of locals do not actually like those animals and they kill them anyway like local african tribes kill elephants and stuff like that because the elephants come through and trash their villages and ruin their crops Mm. so the thing is if you don't have people coming over from another country to want to hunt these animals which gives value to these animals to the native people then the native people want them gone because like these native peoples are just trying to farm and survive and then they've got you know African uh, African elephants and lions and stuff coming into their... Or tigers in Africa. Um, no, sorry, lions. I was right. Lions. No, you got the right <laughs> one. <laughs> Second guess myself. Um, they've, they've got them coming into the village and they do not want them there. So they will kill them indiscriminately. Yeah, so what you're saying is that by having... Because my understanding, like I don't know this a lot, but my understanding is that there are particular like studs, so to speak, that... Um, sort of breed some of these game animals and that creates a value um, for the locals because they see it as a source of income with people coming in and they're not taking out of the native, in inverted commas, population of the animals, um, but it, it supplies a source of income to yeah. the community. Yeah, that, so that, that yeah. there is still some free-range native hunts left in Africa, but it's the same thing. You're adding value to an animal... Yeah. That was uh, like because these people are, you know, it's it's hard graft in Africa. It's it's drought or it's drought, famine or flood. Like it's it it's a hard country to live in. So these people are struggling to well, they're not struggling, but it's hard for them to at least get food on the table. So it's so hard for us to actually understand. But let's just say we're talking about rich Westerners rolling over to these game farms to trophy hunt within a small section for animals that have specifically been bred to be killed. Look, I personally would never do it, but I think it's a necessary evil to be able to keep these species alive. There's many species that have been saved by pure game farming because that's the only value they had was for Mm. other people, rich Westerners, to come over there and shoot them. I have heard this, actually. The the argument goes... um, Poachers are wiping out 
animals. There's not enough money to, for rangers to protect these large areas. And so what's happened is game farms have started up. People are paying 40, 50 grand to do a trophy hunt. Suddenly there's business in breeding animals and animals that otherwise would have gone extinct now are at least not extinct, yeah. just hunted for a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. They've That's saved the they've saved them for extinction. They've added value to the animal mm. that was otherwise worthless. But why in wouldn't eyes. you do it? Why not? I mean, we've got a good moral justification there. Get me the gun. Let's go. Like, <laughs> get an elephant. Why not? Um, oh, I'm just not that interested. Just, I've never really been interested in the big game species. I've only ever really been interested in deer because that's what I can hunt in Australia. But you you don't value any animal's life above another animal's life. So is there any sort of hierarchy of animal? Is there any animal you wouldn't kill for any reason? Like a human. Obviously, that's the <laughs> top of the animal food chain. <laughs> like, what's the difference? That's, that's a really good question. I mean, the intelligence level of the animal, I guess. Is, is how you'd rank it. If I had to rank it, if yes, that is how it. I'd rank it. So, so chimpanzee? They're, they're pretty brutal. Is <laughs> <laughs> like one coming at you, you'd, you'd yeah. pop it. Look, I wouldn't choose to shoot a chimpanzee because I don't think... You wouldn't hunt one. But, I mean, morally, it's just a moral problem. Like, if you, you know, shot it... If, you are, if hunting chimpanzees was normal, would you hunt a chimpanzee? Well, in some countries, hunting chimpanzees is normal. Would you do There's it? There's a lot of countries where they eat monkeys and chimpanzees and stuff like that. Would you do it? I probably would choose not to do it. Why? I just think there's better things to hunt. There's but more you don't have a moral problem with it? No, if there's people who want to hunt chimpanzees, as long as the population isn't, you know, at death's door and stuff. Right, okay. So your qualifier is ecosystem impact. Absolutely, So if I said, yeah. mate, we don't have enough, you'd say, nah. Yeah, well, that's fine, right. yeah. Okay, okay. That, that's, that's an interesting little segue because one of the questions I have is around culling. So we often have like uh, overpopulations of camels and kangaroos here in Australia. When foxes and cats, you've got the bounty on their head constantly. Yeah, okay. So explain to us, as again, as a non-hunter, explain to me what the process of culling looks like. Like, what, like can I just go out and cull kangaroos if I want to? Or like, what's the... Hand me the 22. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty-two a large caliber. I just made that. No, up. that's. That, that, <laughs> oh, sorry, rabbits. I mean. there, there's only like one or two smaller than a twenty-two. That, that's like a commercially viable ammo. I've so, shot a fifty cal before just to get some cred with Matt. Well, <laughs> yeah. Same that, gun off shooter. I've I've never shot a fifty cal. Oh, it's it's great. It's fun. It's got a bullet and everything. How's your shoulder? How's your shoulder go after it? Actually, the suspension on the gun takes almost all of it. When you're yeah. standing next to it, you feel the blast, but when you're behind it. The suspension, yeah, takes the whole bullet. Shooting guns with Conrad, back next week. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got to cut to our segue for the sponsor for the NRA. Yeah, yeah. sponsored by <laughs> Farmers, Shooters, Fishers. NRA. <laughs> no, you've got to do an efficiency shooting test to be able to cull kangaroos. So you've got to make certain shots at certain distances and hit the, there's little kangaroo targets that are out on the range and you've got to hit them in the head every time. Right. So, And it's actually quite hard to get a kangaroo cull permit as a private farmer. Like the government runs a lot of kangaroo culls, but right, like that, they're, they're, they're actually paying people whose their sole employment is culling animals. That they're, they're shooters. So. so you draw your line just below human. You're like, humans? No hunting humans. 
But anything else, if it meets a ecological criteria, whereas like a scientist is like, mate, you can't kill them, you'll stuff up the ecosystem, you won't. I personally wouldn't hunt it, but morally I think that's correct, yes. Because so w- w- what I would want to do and what I think other people should be allowed to do are two very different things. Like I only really want to hit, sorry, hunt any species like species of deer like I don't really want to go outside of that yeah yeah but we're, yeah okay yeah. so but if you know if someone wants to go shoot a lion and that that's okay and it brings money in and for conservation and stuff like that well then yeah. that's okay like so you don't think animals suffer or they do and you're okay with that what do you make to the argument of them saying you're just causing suffering when it's unnecessary look if I was going to get killed yeah I would want to be Doing what I do every day without any notice and then just getting shot through the head. Okay, just notes out there. If anyone's got a hit on Matt, make sure he doesn't know about so, it. And that, that's what all hunters try and do because the second you get seen, yeah, majority of animals are scared of the silhouette of a human, so they just run instantly. Yeah. The second you get smelt, which most animals have better scent than humans, they run instantly. Yeah. So if you basically get a chance to get a shot off, the animal is completely unaware of your presence but wouldn't you prefer not to die i probably would yeah (laughs) (laughs) so do you think the deer has the same preference i don't think if deer's got high enough intelligence level to comprehend its own existence i think a deer's intelligence level is that all it can think about is eating and fucking Okay, <laughs> like that. That's We're put the E on our podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. now, but that's okay. Yeah. That, that, that's that's their sole goal in life yeah. is to reproduce. And, and so you're thinking it isn't that much suffering because they can't. Because if I'm hunting you, you're like, man, why is Conrad trying to kill me? This is really traumatizing. Whereas you think a deer is just like, um, num 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 grass. Oh, what's that? Boom, dead. Yeah. Well, you got to think that they evolved in the African plains and the Indian plains, so they've been predated constantly. Their whole life. So you're saying it's part of nature and part of the ecosystem for them to be hunted, even yeah. by humans. It is because they're yeah, not well a predator. They're, they're a prey animal. So I've seen lions hunting um, random stuff. Like, it's not nice. Yeah, it's pretty pretty horrific. If, <laughs> if anyone wants a reality check, follow Nature Is Metal on Instagram. <laughs> nature Is Metal. That's our sponsor. No, we're sponsoring <laughs> them. Okay. Yeah, I guess. So you so you're saying. A deer would be lucky to be get killed by me than by, let's say, if there was a lion in Australia Absolutely. wandering around. Because lions, it would take longer. It would be chasing it longer. The deer's panicking for longer. Then it's having its throat ripped out for longer. And you'd say that's inhumane. I wouldn't say it's inhumane. That's that's the way of the world. But it's, oh, okay. it's more humane for them just to drop okay. dead from something hitting them in the back of the head. So you're just saying I'm part of nature with my gun. I am. I'm. Okay. On the top of the food chain. like okay. People need to not look as humans as removed from the food chain because then you get you, you start to forget where all your meat and stuff like that... Like If you're going to eat meat, um, you should know where it comes from and accept where and it comes from. you should drive the knife through the neck yourself <laughs> to no, feel... No, you shouldn't, but you should have an appreciation of that that steak you're eating was once a cow. So you don't think people should kill their own meat? Like I think I think world, people I think, think no I think people should but it's it's not an accessible like that's never ever going to be a chance of reality. It's just not practical. It's it's, it's not so practical. Then do at they all. deserve to eat meat then? Yes, they do. Why? I think everyone has the right to eat whatever they want. Right. 
what if once again real extreme what if someone wants to eat a human if they can we find draw, it, if we, they can find a consenting human that's fine. There's, there's some weird cases. Hey, in there's been cases of that guy. I think it was in Germany where he had a guy come over and consent to getting eaten, and he ate him over three days, and he's yeah, in jail I now. That. That was, yeah. I got to fact check that, but that was I heard oh, that I that was messed up. So. But an, another animal should never eat one of its own animal because it leads to um they get a, a brain disease. Yeah, yeah. Brain. So if you couldn't hunt your own meat, you would still eat meat. What are the odds on you becoming a vegetarian? Zero. Why? I just in, I in, I enjoy the taste of meat, and I believe that we were meant to eat meat. What would it What would it take for you to become a vegetarian? A world where I couldn't shoot my own meat, and I couldn't buy free range meat. I couldn't buy ethically sourced and ethically farmed meat. Yeah, right. So there is there is actually a point then at which your desire to not be cruel to animals outweighs your desire to actually eat meat yourself yeah yeah 100 percent. if you're killing your own animals and eating your own meat that you've killed and i've killed my own pigs as well like farmed pigs and stuff like that you're more connected to that animal and how they actually feel i think like i have empathy for animals like i don't want to ever see any you, animal suffer do you think you can have that empathy without hunting them and killing them and eating them i'm I'm sure you can, but it, it's hard for me to have a, a grasp on that because um, right. my point of view is that's how I developed that level of understanding of the animal and appreciation of an animal. When you go hunting and when you hunt and when you kill an animal there's the and when you eat an animal, prepare it, do all that stuff, it does sound like there is something that if you are a non-hunter or a vegetarian or even just meat eater that doesn't hunt... It sounds like there is something in the human experience that they don't, that they can't comprehend because they haven't done it. I I would agree with that because I never felt it before I went hunting, and then after I've been hunting, I've been hooked. You, what is it? Well, you, you think you feel like you're part of the food chain again. You feel like like this is what we're actually meant to be doing. Like, you like feel, feel like you're part of nature, like reconnecting with something that you've been disconnected yeah, yeah exactly from. yeah you actually feel like as i said you're part of the food chain like you're not just going to your fridge and pulling out a bit of meat like yeah. you know like and it's when you live in like a first world country like we do yeah. it's it's really easy to have an opinion of how bad hunting is you you go to like a you know a, a less better off country and stuff like that they don't you can't just go to end a safeway five minutes down the road and get yourself a meal so and I guess that that that's where the argument of well we don't have to hunt. Mm. So I think hunting's a an important part, at least for some people, to keep us grounded to where, who, not who we are, but where we've come from, and appreciating animals and wanting animals to be there. Would you then say you're an environmentalist? Yes, I'd say I'm a realist environmentalist. Tell me about that. Well, I mean, like, if there's no bush and there's no native habitat, then there's no animals to try and hunt. So, of course, like, of course I want the most amount of bushland preserved and stuff like that. But then 
I'm there. Like, I'm in the bush. I'm hunting the animals. Like, you can't do the locket and leave it like what they want to do with the Great Alpine National Park because you can only hunt in a state forest. You can't hunt in a national park. So you think responsible hunting should be a part of the ecosystem? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, because we're not hunting Australian natives. That's what everyone's got to remember here. We're not trying mm-hmm. to... We're not going to the bush and shooting kangaroos and yep. eagles and, like, wedge-tailed eagles and, and koalas and stuff like that. <laughs> koalas. <We're>, That's an <laughs> easy hunt. <laughs> Ah, oh, there he is. Well, you, I don't think you can eat them because they've all got syphilis, don't they? Ah, <laughs> uh, chlamydia is the chlamydia, one. Chlamydia, yeah. They've all got something. Um, and something so, you don't want. Yeah, t- 28 years chlamydia free, so I don't want to start now. <laughs> but uh, like, we're not hunting an Australian native and deer thrive in Australia. They're, so so would you be a Greens voter then? No. Why not? Because the Greens don't have a... a gr- the Greens are a mishmash of policies. Some want... Uh-huh. No, like someone, no animal to die. Yeah. Someone only Australian natives. Yeah. They don't know what they want. They're the ones who are. They want lock it and leave it. And you they want, want lock, lock it and leave it. it. And if you lock it and leave it, you destroy it. Right. It's as simple as that. Right. So because there there is no virgin bush left in Australia. The bush is because we've destroyed it. The bush is full of weeds that are not native to Australia. It's full of blackberries. And if you don't manage that and have people in there managing it, it takes over. It chokes out all our natives so so what does then your politics look like as a pragmatic environmentalist look i vote for individuals i'd never vote for a party right i take everything off an individual standpoint yeah so you you're more interested in the policy they have as opposed to like their political alignment yeah yeah what's your like number one voting issue when it comes to the election you're like listen i'm not getting into this but i care about what Probably economics and environment. You can't care about the environment if your if your country's economically failing. Mm-hmm. Ca- caring about the environment is a luxury that first world countries have because we're not worried yeah. about the day to day survival. So climate change a thing or not? Yeah, it's a thing. It's so. ab- it's absolutely a thing. Like, um, and, and not just man made because you know even even scomos you know yeah it's a thing but maybe it's not so much us. Yeah. So is it you? Like, cause I don't want to like. I I don't think we're helping the cause. Like, it, it's so hard to say whether it's our fault or not. Which I think it it is. Like, we're pumping carbon in the atmosphere. Like, there's no tomorrow and stuff yeah. like that. But so you're probably we, we don't have a baseline to go off. You're not really in line with, say, Scott Morrison's politics on this at the moment. No. Okay. Okay. I'm just I'm just delving into this area because I think people will assume certain things about your politics, and I'm wanting to just see. yeah, ab- absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like it's an important thing because what a part of what we're trying to do here is break apart like stereotypes and stuff as well. So, like you've got an ecological bent to you, well, but, but you still enjoy hunting. You, know? you, you might say like I care more about the environment than people who live in the city and never go hunting because if it's mm. gone, they don't really have any stakes in the game. If it's gone, I've got a massive stake in the game. I can't go hunting anymore. Yeah. Like that—that's a massive oversimplification like simplification of it, yeah. but. That but you would you would see yourself right as someone who cares about animals and cares about the environment, which is exactly what people might level at you as soon as they hear you're yeah. a hunter. They say you uh, don't care about the environment and you don't care about animals. But you're telling me that you think the exact opposite. Yeah, I, I care about animals and I care about the environment. Right. Interesting. So, yeah. So I did a bit of researching before because I don't I don't have a moral stance on it. Like I like I said, I don't hunt. And 
But you are might. wearing a jumper with two deers. Oh, I am, on actually, it. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're alive and well. <laughs> yeah. um, no animals printed. were harmed in yeah. the making of that jumper. Some of the, some of the more, I'd say, like I don't really like the left-right divide, but some of the more extreme opinions are saying like hunting can lead to violence between humans, not just like that. So how is your response to that? Like tease apart that idea for us. <laughs> Do you think your hunting increases your propensity to violence towards other humans? No, I'd say if anything, it decreases you because you it returns you connect to nature. It returns you feel part of something much bigger than yourself. Like it's it's nearly a religious experience. Like you're in the bush, it's dead quiet, no one's talking. You hear birds chirping. You're looking for animals. Like it hmm. it's nearly meditation. Well, I'd probably say by definition, it exactly <laughs> is meditation. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it, no. Well, if you actually want to go by the pure definition, yeah. it probably is because you're yeah. controlling your breathing the whole time. Because mm. if you if you start over breathing, you can't make a good shot because you get shaky. Mm-hmm. And to isolate on the kill itself, is the kill itself enjoyable in any way? Look, it's enjoyable, but unless you've ever killed a deer, you, you won't understand the enjoyment because you're overcome by about fifteen different emotions the right. second you pull the trigger and you see that animal drop. You're joyous that the animal's died and you've got meat. You're sad that you've had to kill an animal for your meat. You've accomplished something. You've accomplished it something. It's, it, it really taps into something very primal and it's very hard to explain without actually mm. interesting, yeah. Actually doing it. But it's it's not like it's not pure joy, it's not pure sadness. It's it's, it's nearly every emotional range that you're capable of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So In like it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. All, all within ten seconds, and then after that, you're like, oh, I need to get to this animal and get it done. So interesting takeaways from this. I'm just trying to box him at the end now. <laughs> Matt's an environmentalist. He cares about animals <laughs> deeply. If he couldn't hunt or buy ethically sourced meat. He'd probably be a vegetarian. Is that is that about right? Yeah, it's about right. I'd probably be a prescatarian. I'd eat fish. Okay, you'd eat fish. <laughs> okay. So if, if costs of meat rise up to the point where you're like, man, I can't justify this, and suddenly all the deer can just smell you all the time or something, you can't... You can't. Cost of bullets get, go up. Yeah, yeah, get, cost of bullets ex, go up. Get extra bad BS. I'll see, you at, the, I'll see you at the vegan... Uh, Brunswick Street (laughs) (laughs) restaurant. Yeah, that's it. Well, I believe everyone should eat less meat but eat better meat. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Interesting. Is there anything you want to communicate that we haven't touched on that you think is like a a valid... Oh, just that there is hunters that do do the wrong thing but there's... That's that's humanity. The, no, if you have humans, there's always going to be someone there doing the wrong thing but I want people to understand that the majority of hunters want to do the right thing and you know we, we don't want to just go out there and shoot every animal there's been many opportunities that i've had to shoot animals where i have not taken the shot purely because either i didn't need meat it wasn't the right animal or sometimes you just appreciate them and you don't actually shoot them like it, it it's a very complex emotion and you tap into something that's a lot of people are very removed from nowadays. People yeah. are very removed from where their food comes from. Not just meat eaters. People yeah. who who are vegetarians, they they have no idea. Like people don't even know how pineapple grows and stuff. What like do that. you think? What do you think is the outcome of our disconnection from our food source? What do you think either the benefit is from what you're doing, or what do you think the problem is with the disconnection of us and our food source? 
I think the problem with the disconnection of us and our food thoughts is people are happy turning their blind eye to mistreatment of animals and like a lot of like no farmer wants or the majority of farmers do not want to mistreat their animals because that's their assets but i mean if people don't know they don't pay attention like they're just so happy turning a blind eye where i'm actually i'm actually putting a magnifying glass on it and including myself in trying to give these animals a better life there is always a lot of nuance in different ideas and i hope so thanks for coming on, Matt, and sharing your perspective and how you view it because I think right. it's an insight that a lot of viewers, viewers, a lot of <laughs> listeners uh, won't have come across. I feel like we've barely scratched the surface. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- thanks for sharing your perspective and hopefully it's given you new something to think about. And whether you agree with Matt or not, whether you agree with the YouTube vegans I did a few research uh, vids on or not, it doesn't matter. Hopefully you can see... A little bit into Matt's world, how he thinks, how he's come drawn those conclusions and just sit with it and see what you think later on. And if you have any questions, thoughts, feedback, send them through to ideasdigest at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at ideasdigest. Love to hear your thoughts. Any topics, any people, let us know. I'll catch you in the next episode. We'll catch you later.